What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mud Podcast. I'm Duke. And I'm Kesley. And welcome to a little October mode episode. Right? Pause, pause, pause. I'm a little bit offended. Why? Because I didn't mention your hair. Yes, because we're on video today. I have a fresh cut. You've said nothing. Well, I'm sorry. I actually realized as soon as we started and I said, welcome, what's up, everybody? I was like, oh, I didn't mention her short blonde hair. What do you think? Do you feel like I'm back to my old self? I feel like this is a little bit shorter than what I'm used to with your old self, even. Um, In some ways, it is shorter. Like, I feel like my front is really short because I just did a blunt cut, like, all the way across. But the back of my hair, the back pieces are still probably like half an inch. And at one point in my life, like the back was buzzed halfway up because I would have an A-line. But it is really short. And also it's on a side part today. So it kind of looks like more like my old one. I'll wear it in the middle this weekend when I see you. And you can see what it looks like. Oh, yeah. Kesley is coming to town this weekend. I'm so excited. I'm going to finally see your apartment, which is crazy. You've lived there for over a year. And I've never seen oh, it. Shoot. I guess I got to clean it up a little in that case. Oh, honestly, it's very messy. What is that giant blue bag behind you? Oh, that's a bag from GoPuff. Not sponsored, but I was sponsored by them. What's GoPuff? It's GoPuff. So they like deliver snacks. Oh, really great. And mm-hmm. so I have like thousands of dollars in credit to use on GoPuff. And they yeah. come in these ginormous bags. Hmm. So. They look kind of like an Ikea bag. Is it that no, same that's kind of totally the vibe. That's totally the vibe that they have. But mm-hmm. they have a bunch of random stuff. Like, that's where I'll get my laundry detergent. And things like, that, things like that. So it pretty much is, let me see what random grocery items that I need. All right, it's on this GoPuff nonsense. But they're always sold out of things. Like, they're always sold out of Hint of Lime Chips. Oh, I love Hint of Lime Chips. In fact, I have a lot of those little guacamole things and I need to get more Hint of Lime Chips because that's what I like to eat them on. See, GoPuff also has those little guacamole things. I love those little guacamole things. I live for them. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much has like all of the stuff to stock your pantry with. It just doesn't have like fruit, you know? Mm, makes sense. Okay. Well, um, today, uh, sorry to interrupt uh you're not really interrupting we're having a conversation well no but you were getting into today is a special october episode we promised you guys that even though spooky season has been cut short a little bit since we're doing every other week because last year i'm pretty sure we did six weeks of spooky season which was a lot wow i mean we do love the holidays we do love the holidays have you gotten any holiday decor out i have no holiday decor i've been out of town i got back into town at 4 a.m. yesterday. Mm, Should I true. tell you that or no? Yeah, you did tell me that. Have you seen my okay. holiday decor? Yes, I have. Kessler's holiday decor is honestly so cool. And I have a bunch of freaking bats. Yeah, you showed me them on FaceTime once. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe I, right after I'd gone to Disney, I FaceTimed you and I saw it. But yes. yeah, no, Kessler's really killing the holiday decor department. I'm waiting for Christmas to put my Christmas tree up. <laughs> um, but I think that that's all I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to get anything new. I'm just going to yeah. get one thing. Except there is a space above my um, cabinets and ceiling in between yeah. there. 
yeah that would be great to put something on but we'll see like a mini tree no like a garland oh yeah you should get a garland i am debating on whether i should get a small tree for somewhere else in our house which i don't think i will i think what i want to do is get a garland for you know how we have that like open railing yes that i feel like that should have a garland with lights on it yes i think that should have a garland with lights on it when you say small tree like how many feet are we talking mm, probably like a four foot oh very small yeah even like maybe a three foot because we'd want to put it in our game room because oh. i told zach that the only thing i'm sad about about our game room is i loved playing video games while having the tree on because our tree was all lit up and so cute and that won't be the case anymore. And he said, we could get a little one for up there. He I, should I never promise me these guys. So because that room is very small. It's the smallest room in our house. But like the difference between a four foot tree and a six foot tree isn't that big. And it would be so much better if you had a six foot tree. I wonder if I could get a six foot tree that's just like really skinny. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'd also think that it might be kind of cute to just, instead of doing that, do one in my office. But I also don't work out of my home office very much, so. I mean, I imagine know. a four-foot tree. It's a, it's a whole foot plus more small. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's a foot and three inches shorter than me, which I'm not that small. Yes, you're pretty small. <laughs> it would look like a tiny, tiny, weird little tree. It'd be like the size of, it'd be, it'd be as tall as my desk that I'm sitting at right now. I think it would be cute, but right. it's interesting. Here's, here's the last thing I'll say about decorating. I read Studio McGee's blog on uh, holiday decorating. And they said that the number one mistake people make is putting a ton of small decorations around instead of making a statement area, which was interesting. I'd already decorated my entry this year, which is where my statement area for Halloween is, which I did because I'm like, oh, that area is where like trick-or-treaters would see. And like, I don't have kids of my own, right. so that's like fun. But they were like, it, it makes a bigger impact to just have like all your decor in like a small area. You know, I mean, I have a little bit around the house. Gotcha. But. I mean, I think I'm a fan of the all around at the same time though. Yeah, but like if you, okay, that's because you're used to, like when we were growing up, we had enough to have like. It was like off. every area was a statement area. It, yeah, exactly. But if you have, say you have 10 decorations, they're saying it'd be better to have like five in two different spots than just like then one placed sporadically throughout. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just okay, that makes sense. It's not like you have to decorate that way. I'm just telling you what designers are saying. Okay, because I mean, with us growing up, we probably had like 120. At least, I mean, and they weren't just small decorations either. Think about like the witches that were in the buckets and Matilda. Yeah. And I mean, we can't. They don't have insight to what we're talking about, so. Yeah, guys, we are talking about Christmas on our spooky season no, episode. No, no, no. Those were Halloween decorations. The I know, I know. We also had these giant, giant, uh, like so many of the light up pumpkins that you plug in. Oh, I miss those. Yeah, they have I them. Like at really? Mm -hmm. You want to get some? No, it's already <laughs> October 12th. Like we okay. do not, it is, we are running out of time. We're running out of time and we're running out of time for this episode too. So without right, further ado, the Mode Podcast is proud to present Crime and Comic Relief. Part two. Is this right. on? 
Yeah, because the last time we did this, I was staying in a hotel in New York City alone and I was terrified to go to sleep after I read it to you. So kind of scary. All right, I'm ready. Okay, today I'm going to tell you the story of Charlie Brandt. Okay, so. Charlie Brown? Charlie Brandt, thank you. Mm-hmm. Loves it. Okay, in 2004, police got a call from a lady named Lisa. It was a welfare wellness check. Is that what those are called? Yeah. Yes. She needed a wellness check on her friend, Michelle Jones. She lived in Florida. She lived alone, but um, Lisa was supposed to go visit her friend that morning. I think they were supposed to go on a run or something. It's not exactly clear, but they had plans Um, and Michelle wasn't answering. But her friend knew that Michelle's aunt and her aunt's husband, so her uncle, had been staying with her for about a week because they lived down in the Florida Keys and Hurricane Ivan was um, like a risk then or it was hitting. And so they had moved inland to stay at Michelle's um, during that time. So it's not clear to me if she saw any portion of this because some reports say she did but then everything also says she did a wellness check so I feel like she probably didn't but the police get there they get in through the garage and they find Charlie's decomposing body hanging from the rafters of the garage oh my gosh yeah he'd been hung using the bed sheets so super terrifying super graphic so then they go into the home yeah where was my trigger warning Sorry, trigger warning. Trigger warning for the whole episode, honestly. It's not okay, okay? Okay. I should put that in. I'll put that in the caption, okay? Okay. I'm I'm just opening your eyes to true crime, okay? Okay, so then the police enter the residence, and they find Terry, Charlie's husband, Michelle's aunt, on the couch. She's been stabbed seven times in the chest with a kitchen knife and is still laying on the couch. So then they keep searching the house and they find Michelle. Well, what do you think she's going to be doing? Well, I'm just, okay, I'm just telling you. So <laughs> then they make their way to the master bedroom where they find Michelle. And like this part is horrible. So this is just like so horrible. Wait, maybe don't, maybe just say it very sparingly then. I don't know what you're about to say. Well, you have to get the picture, okay? Just oh gosh. Something needs to fast forward a little bit, okay? She was oh decapitated, disemboweled. Her heart and organs had been removed and placed around her. Her head was like sitting around her body. And then like her underwear and bras were also like laying out on top of her. So just like one of the weirdest, grossest crime scenes I've ever heard of. And I have heard so many true crime podcasts. So clearly it was like very, very messed up. So it was interesting because the like friends and family were all like, oh my gosh, how could this happen? Like this is just horrific. I don't know why the three of them were murdered. So they were saying it was a triple murder, but the police were like, well, Charlie was hung and he probably did that to himself. So without talking too much to family and friends, the police start investigating it, assuming that Charlie was behind all of this. Um, and they pull background checks on all of them. They all come up clean uh charlie was a normal guy he had a normal job so it just didn't seem to make sense like why this happened um and again like they were a normal couple had a nice house like all these things and that's not not normally what you see with like killers um and so then the cops start interviewing like his co-workers and there's nothing out of the ordinary at the beginning but then when they started bringing up michelle 
coworkers were saying like, oh, he loved her. Like he had a picture of her on his desk. And even though she was his niece, like sometimes he would say inappropriate things about her or like had like bought her underwear, like weird things like that. So they're like, okay, this is a little bit weird. But uh, the family is all just saying like that Charlie and Terry were the best. They had interviewed um, his dad and his younger sisters. He had two younger sisters and one older sister and they'd interviewed the whole family and like nothing had been brought up. So they're just thinking this guy just, I don't know, like had a mental, I don't even know what you would call that. Like just everything snapped and he was triggered or something like that. Okay. Just like me listening to this podcast. (laughs) But then I think at this point it had been like 10 days or something since the murder and his sister, Angela comes in and she, she like comes down to the station. This is his older sister. And she's like, you guys don't know the full story. Like I need to tell you what happened. (gasps) Okay. So again, this was 2004 and she sits them down and she tells them about a night the, on she starts telling them about January 3rd, 1971. So the whole family had gone to bed at this night. At this, at this point, Angela is 15 and Charlie is 13. His dad was shaving in the bathroom while his mom was in the tub. She was eight months pregnant at the time. And Charlie came into the bathroom with a loaded gun of his dad's and shot both of his parents with the handgun. But, and they didn't know about this? So his dad survived, but his mother and the unborn baby were killed instantly. So then Charlie entered his older sister Angela's room and attempted to shoot her. But the gun like locked and she woke up and then they got into like some sort of physical struggle. And Angela tells the police like at the time she was able to calm her brother down and promising him like, we're going to figure this out. And when she was telling the story, she said that it seemed like his eyes were like blazed over. And then during the struggle, he kind of came to. And so she told him, go upstairs, get some blankets and shoes for all of us. And, and we're going to go, we'll, we'll, we'll leave. But then instead she grabbed the two little babies, which I guess that the younger siblings were like, they were very young. They were infants is what it says. So I'm sure they were older too. So she grabs them. She runs to a neighbor's house and, um, and which is crazy because it's January. So it's probably very cold. But anyway, she gets to a neighbor's house and he starts chasing her. Um, eventually she loses him and Charlie actually knocks on a neighbor's door and the neighbor answers and he says, I just shot my mom and dad. So okay, just shocking. Okay. So then Angela tells the officers that Charlie told Angela later that night back in the seventies that he couldn't remember what he had done. And, um, uh, and at the time, back in 1971, when he got interviewed, Charlie just said about the shooting, he was like, it was a combination of things. Um, and he said, everything sort of snapped. And I felt like I never had felt before. Okay. So, but for this entire time, his two younger sisters had lived believing that their mother had been killed in a car accident. Oh, wow. So they never knew. Because for Indiana, 13 was too young to be charged for murder. So Charlie spent one year at a psychiatric hospital. Then he was released back into the custody of his family in 1972, the next year. Angela says the family never talked about the incident again. But his dad said, like, we should not talk about it at all. But 
then so so then like a couple years later um charlie's dad remarries at the time they were all living in florida which is where the hospital i think was that charlie was at he remarries and after like not even a full year of being married the dad his new wife and the two youngest sisters leave florida and they leave charlie and angela with the grandparents because the new wife was getting weird feelings from charlie I, I mean, I don't blame her. Yeah, but I don't even know if she knew what had happened. But I feel like that's a good question. I feel like she has to know. I tried to look into it, and like there was nothing on who she was or like anything like that. So, um, so they're getting raised by their grandparents. He lived through, with his grandparents all the way through high school, and then in 1986, he marries Terry. So this is like, I think it's like two years after he graduated high school or something like that. By that time, his older sister, Angela, was also married. Okay, this part of the, this is where the case gets so crazy to me, okay? So Angela was married to Jim at the time that um, Charlie and Terry got married. And Jim, who had become Charlie's best friend, told Charlie, like, hey, are you going to tell Terry before you marry her about the incident? Because he said, like, Angela told me before I got married to her. And I feel like Terry should know before she gets married to you. And why did she tell Jim before they got married? I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you killed someone, I would have told Zach before we got married. But if this, I mean, in this situation that they're in, where it was so hush-hush, where they never talked about it again, apparently, that seems a little strange. Yeah, it does seem a little. Strange, it must have but... must have not been as hush hush afterwards if he just if Jim just mentioned it to him. Well, it seems to me kind of like Angela and Charlie stayed close because they grew up with the grandparents, and then the younger sisters grew up div- like a separate because they moved back to yes. Indiana. Yes. Okay. So Jim tells him like, "Hey, you should tell her because if not, like Angela and I kind of want to basically." Okay. And then a few weeks later they elope charlie elopes with terry and at this point jim isn't like this is all coming from jim's interview and jim's like oh well once he married her i just figured "Mm, if he wanted to tell her he told her and if he didn't like it's not my place okay okay so terry married someone who's killed his mom she doesn't know we are assuming and no one thinks that she knows so then jim and angela get a divorce sometime over the years okay but jim stays best friends with charlie kind of complicated Anyway, very complicated. Um, things get even weirder and wilder when they the police are questioning Jim and they're like, did Terry ever see anything strange or anything like that? And Jim says, I don't think that she ever knew. But a few years ago, Terry called him. It was like the year before this. And, and she called him freaking out. She said she'd come home and seen Charlie covered in blood. And at the same time, there was a woman missing in the keys. So in their same area. And she said like that, um, that Charlie was back in the fishing shed, which I guess a lot of people in the keys have fishing sheds where they just like got fish. But she was like, there's no way this is fish's blood. Like it was so much. And Jim said he had to talk Terry down and he like calmed her down and was like, there's no way that Charlie has anything to do with this disappearance. But then over the next little bit, so 
To wrap everything up, the investigators thought Terry was starting to get on to him, maybe potentially. And, um, and so because of that, like that may be why the killing happened, but obviously they don't know for sure. But what's very crazy is after this, the police start looking in after Jim telling him, telling them the story about like the blood on him, investigators start looking at other cases that match a similar MO as far as like body parts being displayed around a victim. Yeah, and yeah. they have connected Charlie to 26 murder cases <gasps> and charged him with four additional murders. Wow. So there's a bunch that they can't like totally prove, but uh, then there's like a lot that they can. So one example is in 1989, Sherry um, P who was 38, she was homeless and her partially clothed body was found near the North Pine Channel Bridge at Big Pine Key, which is the island that they lived on. Um, her, okay, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, similar to Michelle's body, that's how she was displayed. And she was found less than a thousand feet from where Charlie lived. Oh my gosh, how did he get away with so much? I don't know, because he also matched a composite sketch of the man seen crossing the route. And then Terry had confided in Jim at the time that she suspected Charlie in the killing. Oh so my in 2006, they officially closed it, saying that they had enough evidence that Charlie was the killer. And so there've been obviously like a lot of cases like that, but it's just so crazy to me. This is like one of the wildest cases I've ever heard of. That is wild. I was not, I mean, I was, not ex I was expecting an ending where it wasn't Charlie at first mm -hmm. because it seemed too obvious that it would have been him. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I guess it was just obvious that it was him. It's just crazy who he was. Yeah, it's crazy that he was a serial killer who got away with so much. Because yeah. some of the things that he's linked back to are clear back in the 70s, like not just his mom, but then like there's other ones throughout the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. So it's like, he was just going for so long. Yeah. Wow. That is insanity. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there wasn't much comic relief because there's nothing funny about true crime, but that's no, there was no comic relief. It was just all triggering. Did you feel like I wasn't giving you space for any? No, it was good. <laughs> I was very, I was very intrigued by the story. I feel like now you need to tell a short, funny story for the comic relief to come through. So people end on a happy note. Hmm. A short, funny story. A short, funny story. Well, I went and saw Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Do you know the story of Hamilton? I mean, I was a political science major. So what do you think? Okay. Well, basically in this Hamilton play, there's this guy who plays like the king. Mm -hmm. and he was very extra and this and that and he came out on stage and I was like why does this guy look like me or I was like why does this guy remind me of me and then afterwards we all went to dinner and uh, everyone was like so why was the king literally Duke and people thought that I was like playing a prank on them and that I had gone out on the stage how would you have done that I know. I was like, you guys think I'm so powerful I'm really I can't go out on the Broadway stage dressed as a night just to just as a king just to 
do a joke a little you bit. Know what, you, guys? you know what the performer's name was? No, he didn't look that much like me. He was probably like 50. It was just like, that's exactly how I would have acted on the stage. Mm, like personality wise. Yes. 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 Exactly. So there's your comic relief. Very nice, Mr. King. All right. Well, we will see you guys in two weeks for a spooky yes. season update. Yes, it will be our last spooky season because that will actually be Halloween week. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. We will catch you guys in two weeks on The Mode. Bye, guys. <laughs>